Repodcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Before we begin, I just want to let everyone know that the Alberta Podcast Network's annual listener survey is out right now. It's open until June 17th, so get online and let your feelings be known. You can take the survey at albertapodcastnetwork.com slash survey. Thanks, and let's get to the show. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. Hi, Janet. Hi, Lucia. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> tell, hi, listeners. Welcome back. Lucia, tell our listeners um, where you are right now. I'm in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> that is also known as your recording studio. <laughs> this is like how high-tech things are here at Repodcasting. Yeah, well, we recently, I'm not going to say which one, but we did recently record an episode um, just like in my office, and I personally noticed a difference in the sound quality, so I said to myself, let's just stick with the closet. (laughs) Well, I just want to say, Lucia, that I wish I was in the closet with you right now. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Because you actually have a lovely closet. (laughs) FYI, listeners, her closet is like bigger than uh, like I think some of the bedrooms in my house. Oh boy. (laughs) I don't think that's true, but thanks. Okay, so... Today, we have an exciting episode for you. We're recasting the 2011 movie, The Descendants, starring George Clooney. Janet, I picked this movie, but I kind of did it for you. (laughs) Okay, explain. Well, I could be wrong, but I feel like I remember you saying that you're not a big fan of George Clooney, and I do really like this movie. I saw it probably like not long after it came out. While I did really like it, what I really liked was the writing. And I honestly feel like George Clooney could be lifted out and somebody else could be put in there and it could be just as good or better. Interesting that you said that because you are right. I am not a huge George Clooney fan at all. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm always so down on a lot of these actors because I actually do like so many actors. I just don't happen to like the obvious ones, I think. Or maybe the more mainstream ones. But yeah, George Clooney is not one of my faves. Um, Interestingly, I had never seen this movie and I watched it today for the first time. And I will say this, I agree with you 200%. I think that it's a beautiful script and it actually won an Oscar it for sure best, yeah, best adapted screenplay. But I felt the same thing watching it. I thought I would have enjoyed this movie even more if there had been a different actor in the lead role. Yeah, and I can't wait to hear who. <laughs> Before we get to that, I wanted to read a lovely iTunes review that was left for podcasting. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. The username is Seen and Heard Yeg. And the review was, this is a fun twist on the Bad Movie Podcast. Lucia and Janet hone in on the casting and come up with brilliant ideas for different actors in the roles. As cousins, they've known each other forever and they have a fun chemistry. I love the theme song, too. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Is that the end of it? That is the end of it. Oh, okay. I love that they, this person called us brilliant. I know, I'm blushing. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been called brilliant ever in my life. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure I haven't either. (laughs) That's lovely. Um, I don't know who these people are that are actually taking the time to write (laughs) these reviews, but I want to have them all over to my house for a dinner party. Aw, me too. They are awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And if you listen to the show, please feel free to also drop an iTunes review. Um, Nice things only, please. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be called brilliant more often. (laughs) Lucia, I am waiting for somebody to just, like, unleash, (laughs) unleash, like, the hate on us. 
I feel like we've been really good at dodging it so far, but I don't know. You know, it's such a it's such a critical world. Yeah. Maybe that's when you know you've made it is when you start getting the hate. Yeah. I, we haven't made it yet. <laughs> so, Janet, I believe you have the box office figures for The Descendants. I do. So the budget for this movie was $20 million. And, which I thought was a lot, but then I was like, oh, they filmed it in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, makes sense. Um, and the box office was $177 million. Ooh, big hit. Yeah, I thought it did really well, mm-hmm. considering, like, it was initially when it was first released in, I believe it was, it came out uh, in November of 2011. It was limited release. And then um, I was reading that they released it, like it was a wider release in December of that year. But still, that's quite a bit of money. Yeah, I think this was one of those like word of mouth uh, type movies where people were seeing it, liking it and telling others to see it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it had... George Clooney, right? He's he's a box office draw. So, of course, there was that interest. And Alexander Payne is quite well respected as well. He had made Sideways Mm -hmm. in 2004, and that did really, really well. Like, it it was a critical darling, and it did quite well at the box office. Yeah. And so I think people were kind of anticipating his next movie. Oh, was this the next one after Sideways? Yes, it was. Yeah, he waited seven years. Yeah, holy cow. The synopsis of the movie is a land baron tries to reconnect with his two daughters after his wife is seriously injured in a boating accident. Yeah, I mean, the subject matter is serious, but I actually found a lot of parts of the movie where it was quite funny. Yeah, it was definitely more comedic, but also some drama. Um, Yeah, for sure. Two of the writers... Nat Faxon and Jim Rash are known for comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, did you watch Community? I can't recall. Um, no, not... I can't really say I, I've watched it. Okay. I mean, I've seen episodes here and there. Because Jim Rash is the dean in Community. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so when watching the Oscars that year, and then this won the Screenplay Award, and, you know, everybody walks up to accept the award, I said to my husband, I was like, is that the Dean from Community? I had no idea he was a writer. It was really great. So you liked this movie, right? I did. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. (laughs) Well, that's good. I wasn't expecting to like it. (laughs) uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought at times, like, the pace of it was a little too slow for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess since it's in Hawaii, we're supposed to think like it's island time. <laughs> yeah. Know, but yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Like it had some really comedic moments. Like when the, my favorite was when the grandfather punches oh. Sid in the eye. <laughs> oh my God. That yes. was so good. <laughs> Sid was terrific. It was a good one. Uh, okay. Well, shall we get on to the actual recasting? Sure. I think you should start since okay. you, Okay. Well, initially, when I chose it, I was only thinking of recasting George Clooney. But while watching, I actually texted you while I was watching. And I was thinking, you know, I really want to recast the Matthew Lillard character as well. (laughs) I just want to say, like, I didn't know that he was in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to tell our listeners my reaction. (laughs) When I received your text message, I actually started laughing out loud. Oh, amazing. Because I thought it was hilarious that Matthew Lillard was even in this movie to begin with. Like, I was shocked. Yeah. And, uh, like, I was, I agreed with you instantly that I didn't know anything about the movie, but I was like, yes, let's recast. (laughs) (laughs) He does not belong in this movie. And in watching it, I was just, I can't believe, I want to know how he got this job. I want to know how he landed this job in this movie. Because Matthew Lillard, like, I, I don't know. I'm not, like, a Matthew Lillard super fan, but I haven't seen him in anything in years. So to see him in, like, a prestige picture, I was like, wow, how did he land this gig 
don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I had actually forgotten he was in it. And so when he showed up when I was watching it this time, I was like, yeah, no, I don't like this. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. fit the role as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So Matt King, the George Clooney character, I mean, I don't think George Clooney was bad in this at all, but I also don't think he did anything spectacular. I don't find George Clooney funny, and I think you need somebody with slightly better comedic timing. Oh my god, what am I saying? You're Now you're going to laugh when I tell you who I picked, because they're not known for comedic acting either. Oh no. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut that out. It, it's not Jack Black, is it? What? Jack Obviously. Black is hilarious. <laughs> no, it's not Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, not Benedict Cumberbatch, is it? No, but I do think he can be quite funny when he wants to be. <laughs> um, no, I picked Mark Ruffalo. Oh, okay. Yeah, who I think does dramedy really well. <laughs> not yeah, necessarily I comedy. I doing this role. I could see him in this role. Yeah, so, I mean, he's pretty well known, but just in case, for anybody who doesn't know him, he's in Spotlight, the kids are alright, and he is the Hulk, right? In the current Marvel yeah, series. I'm sure everybody knows him from the Avengers. Yeah, exactly. It took me a little while to recast this. Um, I was near the end of the movie and still kind of like racking my brain and thinking who could take this on it is demanding and but it has to be like I don't know just the right fit and yeah once I thought of Mark Ruffalo that was it nice yeah I like I like that choice that's good thank you I, I really like Mark Ruffalo I think he's yeah. always great um okay and so for Brian Spear the Matthew Lillard character <laughs> yeah sorry to interrupt you it was funny because with his name Brian Spear mm -hmm. I don't know why but for some reason, I kept thinking of Brian Fellows. Oh, you know that character yes. that Tracy Morgan used to do on SNL? Yeah. I'm <laughs> Brian Fellows. <laughs> He's I the best. For some reason, I was like, Brian Spear. And then I started thinking of him as Brian Fellows. Well, that's perfect, because I cast Tracy Morgan in this role. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You read my mind. Okay, I'm kidding. I did not cast Tracy Morgan. And it took me a while. I was going to say Tracy Jordan. I got so used to that from 30 Rock. <laughs> um, yeah, I so. I called him Tracy Morgan. Yeah, that is his name, right? Now I don't know which one is correct. Apologies to Tracy Jordan or Morgan. <laughs> I'm thinking of 30 Rock as well. No, okay. Tracy Jordan. No, I think that's the 30 Rock character. <laughs> The Tracy. Okay. Well, um, I decided actually first when I was watching and like trying to think of who to recast George Clooney as, I was looking for Hawaiian actors, Hawaiian-born actors, because okay. because I thought it was weird that George Clooney was cast in that role. But then by the end of the film, like he does mention that they're not Hawaiian-born. Like, they are, but it's, like, from way, way back and one of his, like, great-great-grandparents or something like that. So I thought, okay, I won't cast a Hawaiian in that role, but I did decide to cast a Hawaiian in this role. It turns out Timothy Oliphant was born in Hawaii. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been but great. he's not Hawaiian. He's from, I think he's Samoan. Yeah, he's not Hawaiian. He didn't come up in any Hawaiian actor searches that I right, did. Right. <laughs> Timothy, oh, really? He's from Hawaii? Yeah, but doesn't he kind of have that, like, surfer dude, laid-back attitude? I feel like he does. I actually don't even know who that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to Google him as well. Oh, FYI, it is Tracy Morgan, not Tracy Jordan. Thank you. Okay. Timothy Oliphant? Yes. Okay. What, what has he been in, Lucia? He was in the movie Go from way, way back, from like 99 or 2000. And he most recently would be known from the TV show Justified. That's what he's done for I don't know how many years. Um, and he is the Justified. lead, as far as I know. That's the thing. Like He hasn't done a ton, but I feel like if you see a picture of him, that you will recognize him. Yeah, no, I'm looking at him right now. I just Googled him. I do know who he is. Isn't he in that show with uh, Drew Barrymore? Oh, you're right. The Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, doesn't he 
play her husband? Yes. Or her boyfriend or something? Okay, yeah, yeah I do know who he is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so he's Hawaiian-born. And I think he would be a good fit for that role. It's not a huge role, obviously, but an important one. I guess kind of you're supposed to look at this character and be like, really, she chose him? And Timothy Oliphant is maybe too good looking for that. But I don't mind knowing why she chose him. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because when you see Matthew Lillard, I feel like we're totally insulting him. Oops. <laughs> or we're going to, or at least I'm going to. <laughs> Not that he's going to hear this, but for any Matthew Lillard super fans that are listening right now, <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of them out there. Yeah, he kind of was sort of like an unexpected choice because that's the idea. Like, you're looking at the character that George Clooney plays, Matt King, and then you look at Matthew Lillard, and certainly people are like, well, why would she cheat on... But that's the thing. She's not cheating on George Clooney. Yeah. She's cheating on Matt King. Absolutely. And that's the problem that I have with George Clooney in this role, but I'll get into that. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but but you make a good point. And anyway, I don't think it really, in the end, matters what either of them look like, because right. we're supposed to try and understand their relationships. And what we do understand from the relationship is that George Clooney's character, Matt King, was very absent. And so it yeah. doesn't matter what he looks like. So yeah, exactly, anyway, exactly. Yeah. You know, and also, I think the, the character of Brian Spear, I mean, what you realize is that he really isn't a good guy. Yeah. Like, he's not. Yeah. He's, he's kind of an unsavory character, actually. Absolutely. It comes right down to it. He was just screwing around on his wife with no intention of ever leaving her, just wanting to, you know, have his cake and eat it, too. Maybe I wasn't sure while I was watching the movie. Did he purposely um, kind of zero in on the wife because of her connection to Matt King and because he wanted to work on the land deal or whatever? George Clooney's character insinuates that, even though he denies it, Brian Spear denies it, he insinuates that that was why he started up with his, with his wife. I don't know. Well... You know, it's funny because I don't think that, like, regardless of the boating accident, and even if they had never been caught, it seems weird. Because it's not like the wife, Elizabeth, was suggesting him, or did that come up in the movie? I don't know. I wonder about the source material, because this is adapted from a book, and mm -hmm. I wonder if the book goes into more detail Yeah, maybe about that. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to read the book. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. But yeah, so the the reason that I don't think he was doing it is because, you know, it's weird to try and get close to a man by sleeping with that man's wife. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's insinuated, but I guess right. it's not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do so those are my... Comment? No, those are my two picks, and I would nice. love to hear yours. Okay. So uh, for Matt King, George Clooney, as I said, I felt that I would have enjoyed the movie a lot more mm -hmm. if there had been a different lead. My problem with George Clooney, when I see him now in a lot of movies, is that he's George Clooney to me. For sure. I never buy him as the character that he's trying to portray, because I think that George Clooney has now reached that level of fame where he is a movie star. Yeah. Like, I don't think of George Clooney as an actor. I think of George Clooney as the movie star who's really rich <laughs> and does those coffee commercials and <laughs> has a villa in Italy. He's got this George Clooney persona. So for me, I find it hard to see him, like, immerse himself mm -hmm. in the roles that he plays. I didn't buy him as the dad yeah. in this movie at all. And I agree with you. I don't really think that he's that funny. Yeah. I don't know. Like, when I think of George Clooney, I think of, like, dramatic roles. I don't think of him being funny. And I didn't even really find him 
particularly amusing, even in the parts where he was supposed to be amusing. Like, yeah. I wasn't kind of buying it. Literally, the only time I laughed at anything he did or said was when he started running. Do you know? Mm-hmm. That made me giggle. And that's it. Agreed. But I think it was more because it was like, oh, look, it's George Clooney running. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, like, he's not a good runner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he's a good runner. He certainly wasn't good running in this. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was supposed to act like he's not a good runner. Maybe that was the direction that he was given. If I think so. If that's the case, he nailed it. <laughs> I, I really think so. I think that that was on purpose. I don't think that's just okay. how he runs. Okay, then he nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. Okay, so when I was watching it, because usually when I recast I am watching it and I'm getting a feel for the role and then like actors just pop into my head right it's rare that I watch a movie and then have to go and google I usually cast it as I'm watching it and it's usually like within like the first few like I would say usually within the first half hour I like narrowed it down to who I want I actually have two people who I thought could have done a much better job with this role and I'll tell you my first choice okay. and I know someone who's going to be really pleased with my choice <laughs> uh, so I selected Johnny Depp of course <laughs> yeah, I did I went with Johnny Depp because you know what I really feel like Johnny Depp could have tackled this role and I don't know I just I get a feeling that he could have done so much with this role and I'm kind of contradicting myself here because I know that when we recast The Tourist uh, last year that I said that I especially liked Johnny Depp in roles where he's like you know got a lot of makeup on and he's this completely different character right like Mm -hmm. when he's Jack Sparrow or uh, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or even in Alice in Wonderland right but I also think that he's a gifted actor he's Mm -hmm. definitely got range for sure and I have seen him in a lot of dramatic roles that I think he's done really well in and I think he can do comedy because like I said in The Tourist I thought that he was really quite good when he was trying to be funny. So yeah, I thought Johnny Depp would have been an interesting choice yeah. for for this. And also, it's funny because I was looking at his filmography like around 2010, 2011, and that's when he did The Tourist. Mm-hmm. That's also when he did a movie called Rango. Yeah, that movie's great. That was, I think that was animated. animated it right? is, yeah. Then he did something called The Rum Diary, which I didn't oh, see. that one wasn't and very good. Dark Shadows as well. So I feel like he kind of had like a string of flops right. there for a while. And I think it would have been interesting to see him in a role like this that has a lot of meat and would have really challenged him. I think it would have been interesting to have seen how he would have tackled it. Yeah. I I really like that choice. I feel like there aren't a ton of comedic beats for the Matt King character. There are a few. And I think he could have done those well. But I think he would have been incredible at the dramatic parts of it. And I think he would have done so much more than what Clooney did. Let's put it this way. I think in terms of the comedic parts, I think... Johnny Depp would have been funnier than George Clooney was. Mm-hmm. I agree. For sure. Yeah. Now, I do have one question, though. Mm-hmm. Because while I think he is a good choice, don't yeah. you also think he's enough of a movie star that you would just see Johnny Depp? No, because I don't know. See, that's the thing about Johnny Depp that I have always really admired is that when you see him in all these different character roles like that's just it he becomes the character and so I mean sure he's done Jack Sparrow and I know a lot of people associate him with that but I feel like in 2011 I don't know I feel like maybe in recent years we're not going to get into the whole Johnny Depp thing but in certain things that have happened in his personal life in the last couple of years certainly maybe people might have a hard time Mm -hmm. sort of separating him 
right? The art and the artist. What is that when people say they can't separate the art? Is it the art from the artist? Exactly, yep. But I think, like, you know, this movie is from 2000. It was filmed in 2010, you know, almost 10 years ago. I think he was in a different place. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've always been able to buy Johnny Depp. Like, when I've seen him as Jack Sparrow, he's not Johnny Depp. To me, he's Jack Sparrow in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He was that character. I didn't see Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like he has that ability to really pull you into the character that he's playing. Mm -hmm. That's fair. But the other person who I think could have also played this really well and I've tasked him before Stanley Tucci okay honestly I think that Stanley I would have liked to have seen Stanley Tucci do this as well like his sort of interpretation of it I think he could do it Stanley Tucci can do drama but he's also got that ability to like be comedic Mm -hmm. as well he's got the ability definitely to do it he would have been like my second choice okay that's interesting I mean I'm Having trouble picturing him in it? Really? I am. I don't know. Like, I see... I can see Stanley Tucci in a dad role. Well, yeah. Even though the idea is that he's kind of an absent father, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But yeah, I could see Stanley Tucci doing it. I just... I feel like Stanley Tucci doesn't get enough love. It's true. He is great. Yeah, he is. Uh, And then for the Matthew Lillard role of Brian Spear, like, honestly, I was, I was laughing when even watching the movie, I was like, this is hilarious. I don't understand this casting choice at all. Yeah. Like, and you know, and that's the thing, you're watching it and you're going, why would her character Mm want to have an affair with Matthew Lillard, a.k.a. Brian Spear? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I um, picked someone like completely, you're probably not going to agree with this, but <laughs> I picked Skeet Ulrich. Oh, he's so like greasy. For that role. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. So anyway, Skeet Ulrich, you know, I think he is really an underappreciated actor. He's on Riverdale oh, now, is he? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he plays Jughead's dad, F.P. Jones. <laughs> Okay. But I mean, Skeet Ulrich has been around for like 30 years. Oh yeah, long time. Long time, right? And the thing about Skeet Ulrich is that he is so good at playing guys who are not nice. Yeah. Right? Like that are kind of semi-sleazy. And that Brian Spear character kind of exudes that, you know? Like Mm -hmm. you kind of get... The whole, like, he's a real estate agent, uh-huh, like, yeah. that sleazeball kind of vibe off of him that would, like, he's sleeping with, you know, some other man's wife. And I thought, it's funny, because Skeet Ulrich would be, like, a better-looking, younger version of Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah. I might not agree with that. But you know what I mean? Skeet Ulrich, when he first came onto the scene, he got those comparisons yes. with Johnny Depp. They looked so much alike, yeah. Yeah, so I thought, you know, you kind of, <laughs> when he would come on screen, you would, you would kind of sit there and go, oh, she was just fooling around with a younger version of her husband. Right, right. That's if Johnny Depp was playing her, was playing Matt King, right? That's great, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, trying I to recapture Skeet. past glories. Uh, pardon me? She was trying to recapture past glories. Yeah, <laughs> she'd be like a younger, like, hotter version of her husband. Because yeah. in real life, Skeet Elrich is a little bit younger than Johnny Depp, about seven or eight years, I okay. think. Um, so Skeet Elrich, I feel like people will know who he is, but... Like, as I said, he's on Riverdale. He's done a lot of TV as well. Um, But the movie roles that he's best known for are he was in Scream Mm -hmm. and he was in The Craft. And in both those movies, like, he plays, like, not a very nice guy. I don't remember him being in The Craft. Yeah, he's in it. Wow. We need to rewatch that. I think we should recast that. That'd be super fun. But he's really good at playing complex sort of characters, but he's also a really good dramatic actor, and I think he is completely underrated. Like, it's absurd how underrated he is. Okay. And that's who I picked. Okay. 
I, I don't mind the Skeet Ulrich pick. I think it's good, especially if Johnny Depp is the Matt King character. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's my dream. That would be my dream cast. Very nice. Okay, well, good job, Janet. Good job, Lucia. Thanks. I think um, we improved the Descendants. Definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually have a ton of, what do you call them, like fun facts for this film. Right. But I did find some interesting um, alternative actors who had auditioned. Really? Okay, because I didn't, I found nothing about that. So. Okay, well, not for the George sure. Clooney character. As far as I know, he was an early choice and the only choice, and that's it. But for the Alex character, the Shailene Woodley character, mm-hmm. both Amanda Seyfried and Kristen Stewart had auditioned for the role. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I will say, I thought Shailene Woodley was excellent me too in this role like that portrayal of like an angry angsty teenager she nailed it I thought she was so good yes I wholeheartedly agree she was awesome um and then I did also find somebody who was a finalist to play Sid oh okay Miles Teller <laughs> not him again but like also look at who they landed on those two i feel like those two guys are so different oh yeah the guy that played sid his name was nick Kraus. i'd never heard of him before he was awesome yeah he like, really he was, was such a, he was such a shining moment yeah uh in the movie like he ends up being this character that is actually like at first you see him and you're like what is going on with this guy why is he even here but then as the movie progresses you realize Sid is Sid is is all right yeah 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 I love the that character I was gonna say the arc but it's not so much that he has an arc it's more just our arc of learning about him (laughs) yeah and I also want to say I loved Judy, the Judy Greer was in this oh, movie Oh, me well. too. Because I love Judy Greer. Yes. She's another one. I really don't feel like she gets enough praise yeah. for how wonderful she is. I know. When is she going to have, like, she's an amazing character actor, but I have seen her in a couple of lead roles, but it was really small independent movies that didn't make many waves. So yeah. when is she going to get that leading lady role? I don't know. It's it's coming. I think she'll get it eventually. I hope so. She's she fantastic. Yeah. So, do you know the blacklist? Yes. So but this maybe our listeners don't know. Good call. <laughs> um, the blacklist is like the most liked unmade scripts. So it's like scripts that have kind of been shared around, but they're not made, and you know, people are like, "Why hasn't this been made? It's so good." So this screenplay was in the 2008 blacklist. So, I mean, that's three years before it was actually made. So it still took a long time. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure once they attached George Clooney, I'm sure that got the wheels in motion. Well, you know what's interesting about that is George Clooney had wanted to work with Alexander Payne in Sideways. Oh. Yeah, he wanted to play Jack, which is the Thomas Hayden Church character. Right. And Payne turned him down because he wanted someone lesser known. Nice. Yeah. But no, but it kind of like fits to what you're saying about George Clooney in this movie even, right? It's like, it's George Clooney and that's all you see. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I feel that that has become sort of the way that he's viewed. Yeah, there are a few like that. I mean, a few actors at that level who they're distracting. You know who else I find is like that is Brad Pitt. For sure. For me, anyway. Yeah, me too. Brad Pitt, I do not see Brad Pitt in any of his roles. I just see, like, Brad Pitt, the superstar or whatever. Yeah, and I even find Leonardo DiCaprio kind of like that, except that there are some roles where, you know, you really do, he's very, very talented and he is able to kind of become the character, but there are many times where I just feel like it's just Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I agree. And I think that has has happened sort of in the last, I don't know, it's the last little while, I mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. Well, that's it for fun facts. And Okay. Okay. So, sorry. So I can, um, well, actually, this would be a great time to take a break. 
Looking for an environment where you can have a safe space to learn, experience, and discuss all things innovation with like-minded individuals? Head over to the ATB Transformation Meetup page where you can find events focused on the latest trends in technology. Join the movement at meetup.com slash ATB transformation. And now back to the show. Okay, and we're back. And I wanted to share with you the ratings that I found for this movie. Sounds good. Okay. On IMDb, this movie had an 84%, which is pretty great. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, 89%. Yeah, I noticed that with the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I mean, it's a really good movie. It is. And it's interesting because I actually read um, in doing my research, I did not find any negative reviews about this movie. Like, it was very much critically loved. Nice. And I also found um, that pe- most movie critics agreed that George Clooney was superb. Like, I just read <laughs> glowing things about him. So so before we move on to our uh, Tony Danza segment, I do want to ask you if, so you got this DVD from the library, so you watched the DVD. Yes, that's right. And I uh, asked if you had the time to check out the special features, a special feature that is called Everybody Loves George Clooney. Yes. So did you watch that? I did watch it, yes. Because <laughs> I need to discuss this with someone. I also okay. watched it. It's okay. only like, I think, not even three minutes long. But okay. it is, just for the listener, it is um, the, an interviewer speaking with various cast members asking them what they think of George Clooney. And everyone is just gushing praise. And by the end, it's only three minutes, like I said. But by the end, it feels like some kind of like cult or like, I don't know, it was just, it was so much. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I believe that George Clooney is obviously a popular person within those circles. People, I think, do genuinely like him, and he's, I don't know, like, if you'd call him an actor's actor. I don't know if that, if that is a good way to describe him, but he definitely has a lot of friends, and yeah, like everyone said, wonderful things about him. But it was, like, superlative. No, it was too much for me. I I was, like, baffled by the end. (laughs) You know, when that happens, it's kind of like, oh, it's... Like, I think it's great that his castmates loved working with him and that people had such wonderful things to say about him. But at the same time, like, a film is a collaborative effort. It's not a one-man show. Like, I kind of almost felt like it was, like, it's the George Clooney show. Yeah. In a sense. And yeah. it's not. I mean, he might be the star of the movie, so to speak, but it's an ensemble cast. I know. But yeah, I thought it was way over the top. Like, it was too much. But, I mean, that's great. If they <laughs> loved working with him and they love him, that's awesome. He just, ugh. I don't dislike him as much as you do. But he just always seems so, like, pleased with himself. I don't know. You know what it is, Lucia? It's those Nespresso commercials. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, those went straight to his head. (laughs) Those Nespresso commercials, it went downhill from there. Oh, God. Yeah, well, anywho, that's the end of my ranting about George Clooney. (laughs) Let's move on to more important. Of course. It is time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. Yes, my favorite part. Me too. Yeah, so it's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we recast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. So, Janet, would you like to go first on this one? Well, I can, and I think it's obvious. Look, I cast him as Mad King. Very nice. Because... Tony Danza, and he deserves the lead role. And let's face it, Tony Danza can do comedy. Yeah. 
duh. And he can do drama as well. Tony mm-hmm. Danza can do it all. So yeah, I would I would give him the lead role like two hundred percent. All right. Well, I guess great minds think alike because I also gave him the Matt King role. Yes. <laughs> this is the second consecutive time that yeah. this has happened. We're on a streak. Amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I totally agree. He would have knocked that out of the park. He's Tony yeah. Danza. He could do it. Definitely. Yeah. So that's it for the Descendants. Uh, yeah. We did want to speak briefly. Well, not briefly, but we want to speak about some of our listeners who have been kind and generous with their time to send us some lovely, thoughtful emails. I know. After all of the, the ranting and nagging that we've been doing people have finally reached out to us yes thank you for listening to our whining and begging (laughs) it's so exciting we were so or at least I was I was so thirsty about it (laughs) so (laughs) I'm just so happy people have finally reached out yeah so um we're actually going back a few months we received an email from Marjorie who we have mentioned on the show before And she emailed us about the Rain Man episode, so that tells you how far behind we are on this. Yeah, that was in the summer. Yeah, so she said that, because we talked about how this was a movie that would never be made in 2018. Right. And she said that she was thinking it would actually be interesting to have a remake of the movie in 2018. The plot may have to change, because autistic people aren't put away in institutions like in the 70s. Um, And... Uh, I think you'll appreciate this, Janet. She said she would cast Ryan Gosling as Charlie and Steve Carell as Raymond. Uh, sorry, she would cast who Ra- as Raymond? Steve Carell. Oh, okay. Actually, that's good casting, Marjorie. I love it. Yeah, I think so, yeah. too. <laughs> you know what? I could actually see Ryan Gosling as Charlie Babbitt. <sighs> Me, too. Completely. Definitely. He would be so good in that role. Oh my god, someone remake this movie! (laughs) Yeah, it'll have to be carefully written, rewritten. Yes, yes. But yeah. Someone remake it. Yeah, we've just cast it for you, Hollywood. We've already... Marjorie Marjorie cast it. Yeah. Marjorie's done the work for you, Hollywood. Come on. (laughs) And she also said, do you think Tom Cruise could pull off playing Raymond now that he's in his 50s? (laughs) <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's my question to you, Lucia. Do you think that Tom Cruise would want to play Raymond? Absolutely not. Sorry, Marjorie. That was going to be my answer. Is There's no way that he would do that. That yeah, he would want I agree. to. Yeah. I agree with you, Lucia. Like, Tom Cruise is still running around yes. doing his own stunts in Mission Impossible movies. And, I mean, while I think that that's great that he's still at it, I think Tom Cruise definitely has, like, this perception of himself, and no way would he ever play Raymond. Agreed. He still acts and looks like he's in his 20s or 30s. So I think he thinks he is. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so thanks, Marjorie. That was a really great email. Thanks, Marjorie, for for writing to us. Mm-hmm. We love you. So I think you wanted to talk about Keith as well. Keith wrote in, right? Yes. So Keith wrote in about our Fifty Shades episode. Nice. He said that he would probably fall in line with Marita, that he would be very angry with us for making him watch it, <laughs> <laughs> which I get. Yeah. Um, and uh, also he brought up an interesting thing about R ratings versus NC-17. So, you know, in a lot of places, NC-17 movies won't even get distribution. And so, you know, they can't reach as far of a market as if you're able to get an R rating. And it is interesting because R used to mean something different before there was NC-17. Because if you look at old 80s comedies, Keith mentions that R-rated comedies have had problems getting made in recent years. And it might stem from a 1980s puritanical desire to clean up seedy parts of cities by getting rid of filth, such as peep shows, and then that kind of extended to movies, and even putting warning stickers on albums so that we don't hear bad words. (laughs) 
Yeah, we we talked about this briefly before we started recording. I don't remember albums having warning labels on them. Yeah. I don't know, and I, I'm old. <laughs> well, it was something that happened, I would say, in the maybe late 80s or early 90s. Especially, I really remember seeing it slapped, that sticker slapped on every single rap album. Okay, so then maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you weren't buying music at that time? Yeah. No, you were, though, no? I was just, I don't know what I was doing. (laughs) I don't know. But, yeah, I don't remember warning labels on albums. Okay. So, oh, well. So, was, I can't remember now, was Fifty Shades restricted or NC-17? I think they made it tamer than the book to keep that R rating so that it could have a wider distribution. I think that's what it was. So, I just want to clarify. So then, NC-17 is considered more risque? Isn't it? Than an R rating? I don't know. I'm asking Uh you. I don't know either. No. Where's Keith? Keith, can you Keith. write in again and like, tell us? Because <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I don't think I've seen any movies with an NC-17 rating. Or maybe so, I'm just not paying attention. Yeah, so the way that I just Googled it, and NC-17 is no children under 17 admitted. Whereas oh, an R-rated movie, um, it is intended for adults, but under 17 can go in requiring an accompanying parent or adult guardian. Right, okay. So they can still see it as long as they're with a guardian. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I guess that's a discussion for another time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Listen, I didn't see anything in Fifty Shades that was really bad. No, agree. Yeah. But that's the whole thing is like the book did have more sex and more, not a ton more to be honest, but it, but it was like more sexual than the movie was. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did Keith have any other gems of wisdom for us? Uh, that's the bulk of it. Okay. <laughs> um, so then we got uh, a letter from someone named Sally. Hey, Sally. <laughs> Hi, Thanks Sally. For writing to us. Sorry, I have to interrupt there. It, we didn't get a letter. We got an email. <laughs> um, she wrote me a letter. Okay? <laughs> Where'd she get your address? Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know how Sally got my home address, but she wrote me a letter. Okay. Maybe she sent you an email, Lucia. <laughs> okay. Yes. Sorry. Let me just clarify. Sally emailed us. <laughs> So again, thanks, Sally, for reaching out. Uh, So what I found really interesting, Sally said that she listened to our Hunger Games and our Matrix episodes, and that initially she was kind of upset that we were, like, even recasting these movies. I guess she really enjoyed them and she thought the casting was good. But then once she started listening to, like, what we were saying, she said that she kind of started looking at the movies in a different way in the casting. And I thought that was really sort of interesting and kind of indicative of what our podcast really is all about, is that idea to kind of get out of that box and think differently about these movie roles and who else can play them. So we've done our job. Yay. Thanks, Sally. Initially is what Sally was saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that was really interesting that we actually sort of provided that insight to someone that cool. they were able to look at it in a different way. Yeah, that's a huge compliment. Yeah, definitely. And she also gave us a great idea for a film to be recast, which we are going to do at some point in the future. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, mm-hmm. which you've seen, right, Lucia? Yes, I have. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. Sally, we thank you, and we are definitely going to be recasting that in the future, so please listen for that. Yeah, so I will quickly mention about The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That is like an anthology type of movie, so it has six different vignettes. So we might maybe pick one to recast or pick two or something, but um, after you see it, Janet, then we can figure out exactly how we'll do the recast. Definitely, because I didn't realize that that was sort of the setup of the movie. Mm -hmm. So now I'm actually really looking forward to seeing it. Yay! 
yeah, it's worth a watch, that's for sure. Awesome. Okay, great. Well. Yeah, so thank you to everyone who did write to us and shared their thoughts. And we love that you're listening to us. Yeah, and we really appreciate that you took the time to email us. It's very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I think that does it for this week. For this month, I mean. (laughs) We will be recasting. What's the next movie, Janet? Oh, we talked about this, too. The Wolf of Wall Street. Of course. Yes. Right? Yeah, this one was also uh, suggested to us. And you'll find out by whom if you listen to our bonus episode that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Yay. So, yeah, if you haven't watched The Wolf of Wall Street, please watch it so that you can join us in recasting it. Or maybe just watch, like, parts of it. It's really long. (laughs) Oh, is it really? Oh, it's, like, nearly three hours, right? No. I think so. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just, you know, fast forward here and there. (laughs) Interesting. I didn't realize it was so long. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, so. an intermission. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, As usual, we are repodcasting on all the social media stuff. If you want to follow us there and comment on our posts. If you want to email us, like our lovely listeners Marjorie, Keith, and Sally did, you can do that at repodcasting at gmail.com. Yay, email us. Yeah, and that would do it for this month. Thank you so much. Hope you're still listening. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Lucia. Thanks, listeners. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, is proud to be a sponsor of this year's Pod Summit, Western Canada's premier podcast conference. Join us June 22nd at Fort Calgary for a day of learning and connection making. The theme of this year's conference is After the Start. Here's what you can learn at the Pod Summit. How to make your podcast stand out of the crowd. How to breathe new life into your show if you've been podcasting for a while. How to connect with your listeners and build a community that supports you. Marketing tips and tricks to grow your show from hundreds to thousands of downloads. How to build different income streams with your podcast. Tickets are just $150, and you can get $25 off by using the promo code I Love Podcasting. That's I Love Podcasting, all lowercase, no spaces. Get your ticket today at podsummit.com.